Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, EncounterChurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Larry and I had planned on doing this, oh goodness, March 22nd, I believe. A long time ago. And then this thing, maybe you've heard about it, um, COVID-19 or the coronavirus um, struck our nation. Anybody ever heard of that? I know it's strange. It's kind of barely been on social media and the news, not hearing much about it. Um, But it just wreaked havoc and and still is, quite honestly. Um, So we were not able to be in person. And we really felt that we needed to have people here in order to really see what we're going to talk about be beneficial, correct? Correct. Cutouts are a lot less responsive, okay? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> or, or we had puppets for a while. Those two. Puppets were fun. We had a giant dog over here, and, and we had one puppet in the back that was sleeping, which sometimes is realistic. <laughs> we, we see that. I won't call you out this morning, but you know who you are. All right. Well, this morning, we want to take some time. We want to process through something that, that we believe um, the church as a whole has been missing for many, many years. You see, the church, Encounter Church and the corporate church, does a really good job, I believe, of sharing the gospel. Uh, we, we have events. We have outreach. We, a lot of churches get outside of their walls. We believe that we need to make an impact upon our culture. We need to share the good news of Jesus. We understand also that we've got to send and support missions. I personally want to tell you that we support about 57 or 58 missionaries on a monthly basis. And that's you all, you all giving to missions. So we support missionaries, we send missionaries, we go on missions trips. We have a basic idea of what it means to take the gospel or the good news, which is what? Jesus Christ died on the cross so that we may have life. We have a basic idea of what it means to share that with those across town. But here's where I believe that we fall short. The moment someone gives their life to Jesus Christ, the church, for some reason, is under the assumption that, ta-da, everything's going to be perfect. That, that they come to an altar, that they, they recite a prayer, God, I, forgive me of my sins, I've messed up, I know you love me, I know you died for me, I know you rose from the grave, I give myself to you, come into my life, boom, and suddenly everything is going to be perfect. But can I be honest with you? That is a foolish, foolish thought. That's like saying, you know what? We just had a baby. By the way, we didn't. Hallelujah. (laughs) My baby just graduated high school yesterday. Yay. Yeah. No more babies in my house. (laughs) Anyway, it's kind of like we have a baby and we bring it home from the hospital and we think, well, we got a brand new baby. Good luck to you. Doesn't, doesn't really make sense, does it? Yet we do the same thing spiritually. And, and then we wonder, why does that person struggle with that old sinful nature? Some of us are 40-year-old infants spiritually. We're still struggling, we're still battling, because we've never had somebody to walk side by side with us and help us to grow and to mature. In other words, we failed to complete the Great Commission. What is that? Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth, therefore go and what? Make disciples. Can we see that scripture on the screen? That is so good. They've got to be able to see that this morning. Jesus came and told the disciples, I have been given all authority. So Jesus has been given the authority. And now what does he do? He relays that authority to us. Now, Larry, I'm going to do my best to stay seated this morning, but I have this issue. I had to stay seated for 13 weeks while we televised, and so if I get up from time to time, just stay put, and I'll be right back. So Jesus has been given all authority. He is, God has given it to him, so he's come to earth. He's, he's God in the flesh. He's 
changing the world one life at a time. And as he gets ready to go, he says, the authority has been given to me. Now I transfer that authority to you. What I want you to do is go into a building every Sunday morning and sit for an hour and 15 minutes and everything will be good. Is that what he said? No. No. He said, I want you to go. First off, look at that. What does go mean? That means we need to get some umption to our gumption. Come on. We need to get our hindsight out of the seats. Come on. We need to motivate ourselves. We need to begin to move and do what? Make disciples. In other words, we need to invest in one another. But it's been so easy, Larry, for several years now, generation after generation, for us to come in and go, well, the pastor's job is to speak the word of God into me, and if I'm not being fed, I'm going to go somewhere else. Can I tell you what? I hate, that's a big word, I hate when someone walks up to me and says, well, I left such and such church because I wasn't being fed. I'm wondering, have you picked up the fork and spoon? Come on. Go and make disciples. There's, there's action that must be taken on every one of our accounts. Now, there, I've got a, we got five pages left here. We got to get cooking. What we're talking about here is personal discipleship. It's walking side by side with somebody else. Larry has agreed to lead this ministry that we're simply calling E One to One. And here's our logo for this brand new ministry. But Larry, you shared something with me several months ago, um, early March, I believe it was, you shared something with me that I want you to explain to the congregation. You said, E one-to-one, that's this ministry, if you would, is not a church ministry program, but a lifestyle program that just happens to fall in line with the Bible and our mission. Let me read this again, and then I want you to explain it. E one-to-one is not a church ministry program, but a lifestyle program that just happens to fall in line with the Bible and our mission. What does that mean? Primarily what it means is, is that, you know, programs are designed to have a start and a finish date. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, our walk with Christ is an intentional walk with Christ. Yeah. Uh, once we uh, make that commitment, uh, it's a very important that, that we understand that, that as Christians uh, who maybe are more mature, that we need to walk alongside those who are new to the faith. Okay. The difficult part about that often is, is that we, we come into a relationship with Christ, but we really don't know where to go from there. So what I call inreach, which basically fits into the, uh, our, our church's core values mm-hmm. and our mission statement, you know, we have to be able to, to communicate and be able to walk with those who are... Uh, new to the faith. And, and it's not just going to be a program where we're going to dust it off and, and from A to B. Instead, what we're going to do is, is we're going to walk alongside that person. And it's a lifetime commitment. It's not, it's, not just a, it's not just a one-time good deal. We should be doing this every single day that we, that we exist. Uh, you know, Christ gave us, in, like you were saying, with the Great Commission. There's actually two action words in there. Mm-hmm. Go, actually. We all, we, and right. that's the one everybody always hinges on. But the second one is make. Right. That's intentional. That's intentionality on our part to be able to reach, the, reach out into our communities. But that also means walking alongside those who have, have made that decision. So that's really what I see as this being a great part of this program. Uh, and, and I don't like the word program, but for lack of a better word, right. uh, it really is about us walking alongside of each other. Iron sharpens iron, and I know you're going to talk about that later. But I, I think that, that you know, God has an intentionality about it. Uh, we have to be able to walk out in faith with him. And so this I want to dive into in just a few moments. You, you were talking about who should be involved. We're going to process through that in, in a few moments because I, I think some of us have a misunderstanding in our minds of who needs to be discipled. Right. 
we think, well, I, I've been saved for 45 years, so, so I'm good. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a few moments. George Barna, a, a pollster, um, once did a poll. He came up with these results. 52% of those who have attended church in the past six months say their church definitely does a good job helping people grow spiritually. So 52%, a little over half of the congregation, people that attend church or have been to church in six months say the church does a, it definitely does a good job. Now here's the interesting thing. 1% of church leaders say churches are doing a very well at discipling new and young believers. Look at that. 52% of people that sit out here, so half of the room plus you two, <laughs> say that the church is definitely nailing this thing. We're knocking it out of the park. And only 1%, Pastor Andy, 1% of the congregation, I'm sorry, 1% of the leadership says, man, the church is nailing this thing. Larry, explain that to me. Why do we have such a vast difference between those that attend and those that lead? I think that what we find is, is that um, it's, it's easy for us to sit in, in the congregation and feel like that, you know, okay, we're, 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 doing, the, uh, we're, we're doing our church duties. We're, we're checking the boxes. So we're, we're right with God because we've right. checked all those boxes. Uh, from a church leadership, leadership standpoint, uh, I envision, uh, and I'm not part of, uh, part of the leadership team per se, although, you know, sometimes I think that we forget that God called us to this place, uh, and so, and as the folks in the grow tracks that I've went through, they all, they all will tell you that I believe in, you know, you grow where you're planted, and right now you're planted here, so guess what? Uh, this is time for you to grow. So uh, I believe that one of the, the uh, issues that from a leadership standpoint is we feel like we can always do more. We can always be available and always be, but, but obviously we, it's you, the leadership team is just a small group. Mm -hmm. uh, so it really falls upon the congregation to be able to take that next step. Um, I think part of the issue also is we've gotten comfortable here. Oh, absolutely. All of us. Right. We've gotten comfortable here. And the expectation of the average church upon those that attend is attend. That's, that's the biggest expectation. Attend. Maybe a few serve. Maybe a few give. But just show up. That's the American church mindset is, man, if you just show up to church, that's what it's all about. But Jesus, his expectation for the believer was so much different. His expectation wasn't show up. His expe expectation was go and make disciples. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, you shared something with me sitting at dinner the other night about a, a man and an outreach um, thought. What was that? I'm trying to remember. We've, uh, I've slept since then. But uh, I, believe, I believe what we're talking about is, is the, um, I lost my train of thought. Um, you have to remind me. It was the reach in, uh, reach up. Yeah, the uh, you know the, we talk about reaching in, reaching reaching up, reaching out, reaching across. Uh, and we, what we need to understand is is that you know as a as a church body, that we all uh, have a responsibility. So no matter where you're set in an organization or where you're where you're at, guess what? We have the opportunity to be able to make an impact. Um, and I'm trying to remember the exact. Uh, the exact example that I used, but uh, because I, I keep thinking back to a, a youth example mm -hmm. when I was a youth pastor, and uh, we had a young man who um, he was 12 years old. So, and I know we're talk we're going to talk about the ages of this, but this young man was 12 years old, and he did more for for discipleship and reaching out uh, than I can think of a lot of adults who have lived a whole lifetime of saying that, hey, I'm a Christian. This young man had, uh, had lost his leg to cancer, uh, and we were, in a, we were doing a youth retreat, a youth revival in a, in a small town, and he went door to door, knocking on doors, mm -hmm. inviting people to come to this youth revival. And these weren't, these weren't youth he was going to knock on doors. These were adults he was going to knock on doors. Wow. This is 12 years old. So how many of us have that type of boldness? Right. 
you know, to just to be able to say, okay, Lord, wherever I am, I'm going to go there and, and do what you've asked me to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the toughest part sometimes. It's getting, getting ourselves off the couch and, and, and f- moving forward and saying, okay, Lord, whatever you called me to do, uh, I'm going to take the machete out and I'm going to cut down the weeds and, and we're going to go together. That's good. Well, I believe that Jesus has called us to do so much more than just this. True. We, we've been called to do more than just show up and, and maybe sing a few songs, maybe clap our hands, maybe open a door for somebody. We've been called to, to grab a hold of the mission, to move forward in our calling. For us, literally, is to love, reach, and empower. If you're new to Encounter Church, that's our mission, love, reach, and empower. And I hope you never get tired of hearing that. You're going to hear that continuously because statistics tell us that the moment we think that you've heard it enough you're hearing it for the very first time (laughs) a great leader uh, in our uh, denomination if you would pastor don miller says we might as well repeat because sesame street repeats (laughs) so we're going to repeat that over and over our mission is love reach and empower i need you to do me a favor everybody grab your cell phone Everybody get your cell phone in your hand. I'm looking across the room. I need everybody to grab your cell phone. Open it up. Go to either your camera app or if you have a QR code reader, whichever one you have, your camera app or your QR code reader, point it at this little QR code right there. Do we need to get out of the way or can you see it? You're good? You may have to zoom in a little bit. At the top of your screen is going to pop up a little Thing where it wants you to go to Safari or whatever your Google search is, click on that, and that is going to open up an online instant poll. Now, this poll is going to be um, secret. You're not going to know who's, who's, who's voting there, but go to that screen. Everybody have that? All right, Chandler, let's go to the next screen. I've got a couple questions that we want to ask, and here's what I want you to do. As it pops up on the screen, you're just simply going to respond accordingly, either a yes or a no on that. Are we, are we about there? Oh, it's there? Oh, yeah, we have it behind us. Uh, we already have somebody voted no. Do you consider your spiritual life to be... No, Chandler, that's the second question. We need our first question. That was the first question that came up on my screen. Yeah, you should have a first question before that. There you go. Are you happy with where you are in your spiritual life? Are you all seeing that? Is that working? You might need to refresh your screen. I apologize. Oh, there we go. Let's keep going. Are you happy with where you are in your spiritual life? I'm going to give you about 10 more seconds, either yes or no. Yes or no. All right, seven more seconds, five more seconds, three, two, one. So with 91% say, no, I'm not happy with, whoa, it just changed. Somebody's (laughs) sneaking in there at the end. Aren't you fancy? Uh, 13% say, yes, I'm satisfied. 88% say, no, I am not satisfied. If someone in the back can write down those statistics for me so we can have those later. So 12, 12% and 88% say, 88% say, no, I'm not satisfied. Look at the second question this morning. Do you consider your spiritual life to be entirely private? Do you consider your spiritual life to be entirely private? Yes or no? Yes or no? So I presume that we're all voting and it's just not changing? Oh, Bob Wright tells us. Okay, good. Okay. I, I'm happy. That, that's good. That means we're getting it. That means we're, we're grabbing a hold of this. Well, let's look at statistically. 38% of Christians say that they are happy with where they are spiritually. For us, 12%. That means we have some work to do. 
41% of Christian adults consider their spiritual life entirely private. Uh, we had 100% that said, no, 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 my spiritual life is for the world. I need to step out and make an impact for Christ. Larry, you shared a story with me the other, the other night about a trivia guy. Do you remember this one? I do. All right. Mm-hmm. Tell me about yeah. the trivia guy. There was a guy in England um, back in about 17, 1800s. He was known as the smartest guy in the world. Uh, and he was, you know, he would go around at all these contests that they had, uh, and he was great at trivia night, I'll tell you that. Uh, but he won, he, he was considered, he had more knowledge than, than anyone. Uh, the problem was, was he only used his knowledge for himself. He refused to share any of his, his theories. He refused to share any of his research, uh, because he kept it all to himself. So, you know, the thinking behind that is, is, what did he gain? He, when, when he left and perished this earth, he had all that knowledge with him, but no one, no one benefited from the potential that he had to be a great leader, influencer. Uh, he, he could have made a drastic difference in the world. Uh, he could have cured things that, that uh, are, are helped cure you know, diseases, etc. invent new things. Mm-hmm. But, but instead, he kept it all to himself. Because his, 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 his gain was, was that if he kept the knowledge to himself, knowledge was power. And it was his power. So he didn't have to rely on anyone else. So how does that correlate with where we are as a church? 12% of our people say that they're happy with where they are spiritually. 88% say they're not. 0% said their, life, their spiritual life is entirely private. 100% said no, I've got to express this thing. So how does that story, these statistics, how does that all mesh together? Well, the first thing I see is, is the second question, uh, 100%. Yeah. So what that's telling me is, is that everyone in here is willing to share. Yeah. And, and that's, that's great. To a, to a different so, level. Right. Exactly. You know, some people are more extroverted, yeah. some are more introverted. Uh, yeah, and that's not going to say that you have to go out and, you know, and you have to be the, the cheerleader. Right. But one of, the t- one of the things that happens is, is, you know, I always ask this question when I, when I do some leadership training. I always ask the question, this is a John Maxwell uh, deal, uh, but I always ask the question, you know, who in here is the leader? And I'll usually get a spattering of hands, you know, three or four, raise their hand and say, um, you know, maybe I am, maybe I'm not. I don't know what a leader is. But truth of the matter is, is leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Right. So if you influence one, guess what? You're a leader. Absolutely. That spiritual question that he just asked about, and everyone in here said you were 100%. So even if you are the shyest person in this room and you don't feel like that you can talk to anyone, guess what? You have an opportunity to influence, not only by voice, but also by action. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that we often o- omit is, is that we feel like that for us to get up and be a, a spiritual difference, we have to get up and we have, to be, we have to be in front of the room. But, you know, there's a such thing as called leading from behind. Absolutely. So that leadership, I can tell you right now, there's probably people in the sound booth that would never come up here. But yet they're leading. They are leaders because of the fact that, you know, they're willing to serve. And that's what it begins with is, is it's, it's the seed of emotion is our heart mm-hmm. and not our mind because the world can change our mind. Uh, but God has allowed us to put his word in our heart. Uh, and that's the key for our being able to share ourselves. We just have to be open and look for opportunities and not just wait for opportunities to come. So what you're saying is that every one of us has an opportunity to be involved, but we've got to make the willful choice to step in to exactly. be involved. Okay. Exactly. So statistics tell us that 23, only 23% of Christian adults are currently being discipled. Think about this for a second, folks. Only 23% of Christian adults say, yeah, I'm being discipled. I've got somebody that speaks into my life on a regular basis. I have somebody that's keeping me accountable. I have somebody that's walking side by side with me. Only 19% of Christian adults say that they are discipling somebody. I don't know about you, but I see an issue with this. Mm-hmm. And, and I under, I'm beginning to understand why the American church is struggling the way it is. Because we aren't fulfilling what Jesus has called us to do. In fact, the church must begin to do a better job of doing the hard work. Now listen carefully. Discipleship is hard work. 
Don't, we're not sugarcoating this this morning. Discipleship is hard work. We've got to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that, guess what? Make disciples, right? Why? Because Jesus said, you must go and make disciples. We all have a responsibility. Now, our goal as a church is that 50 to 70% of the youth and adults will be plugged in, for lack of a better term, to this ministry program. Now, some would say, well, pastor, you're not dreaming high enough. That should be 100%. I agree. I agree. But when statistics tell us that only 23% are being mentored and only 19% are mentoring, then we've got some work to do to get to 50 to 70%. That's our goal. If each one of us would simply desire to make the effort. I believe, and I think you agree with me, tell me if I'm wrong, I believe it will revolutionize not only encounter church but our community our surrounding communities our state and potentially the world amen i do well pastor how can we impact the world by making an impact here exactly because who you impact they'll impact and then they'll impact and then they'll impact why because they're making disciples so I want to look at the value. What's the value of this E one-to-one? The first thing we came up with was encouragement. How, how is that a value of mentoring? Well, encouragement is, you know, all of us have those times in life where we're feeling like that it just doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, you would mentioned about the difference that it makes. And I remember going on a missions trip uh, several years ago and one of the things that had happened i'd never been on a mission trip in my life but i was here i was going on a mission trip as a leader yeah that was scary mm-hmm. uh you know they let me lead somebody uh at that time and and these were all youth by the way uh but the the cool thing about it was that all the youth went with this anticipation of of this was vacation they learned very quickly that mission <laughs> trips are not vacation no uh but they also learned something when they got back that it wasn't about them changing the lives of the people that were there, but they changed their own life. Absolutely. They were impacted because, like I told them, you know, when you leave, they're still living the same life that they left before, before you got there. Mm-hmm. So the people that are going to be changed are going to be you. Now, you're right. going to make some difference while you're there. Don't get me wrong. But that's the same opportunity we have here. So I want to encourage us all to step out of our comfort zone. Even if it's just one simple thing, and some of you in here may be saying, that is not for me. I am not doing this. Uh, and, and when I was a youth pastor, I encouraged the whole congregation to get behind youth. And I, told, I set up one morning and said, okay, everybody in here needs to volunteer and be involved in youth. And I had a young lady of about 75 years old <laughs> sitting in the back, and she said, I don't even like youth. <laughs> Why would I get involved? And, and I looked at her and I said, you may not like them, but, you know, so she says, I really don't want to be involved. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, talk to them. And I was like, well, you don't have to. I said, because I know, I know from firsthand accounts that you make some mean chocolate chip cookies. She said, I said, you make, you bake me two dozen cookies twice a year and you're going to be involved in youth. You see, it's the small things. And that's the thing. And it encouraged her. She, she never really got to the point where she really liked youth, but she began to tolerate <laughs> them. So because she understood that, wow, my cookies made a difference. And that's you. So the encouragement is on both sides. Exactly. Both the mentor and right. the mentee. It should change both sides. Okay. So I'm going to give you five other values. And we're just going to okay. shotgun sure. these because mm-hmm. uh, so, we've got like nine minutes okay. before we need to move on to, the, to more <laughs> so worship. He's uh, so me to shut two, up in color. Accountability. Okay. Yeah. How is accountability a value? Well, one of the things it does is, is you know, it's, it's easy for us to walk a, a journey by ourselves. 
and not be accountable to anyone. Uh, and, you know, in trying to have that, just that accountability to Christ is very difficult. But when you have someone who you can actually uh, feel like that you're held accountable and, and have, a, have a mentorship program. And a mentorship is really two-sided. It's like a conversation. You know, if you, 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 you're going to have, you're going to have, both sides of it, being able to help you. And I can tell you now, the mentor and the mentoree, they're all going to be benefited by it. So accountability comes in, in, in different forms, but it helps us be able to hold ourselves accountable. Uh, and it also allows us, too, to be, to be able to speak, speak things that, are, that are, are maybe we've kept bottled up inside mm-hmm. uh, to be able to talk about those things. Now, the last four really speak into the 88% of this group mm-hmm. that sure. said that they aren't satisfied with their spiritual growth. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 88% of you all, 12% of you said, man, I'm knocking it out of the park. 88% said, I got some work to do. These last four really pertain to that. So number three is enhanced knowledge. How do we gain enhanced knowledge through a mentorship discipleship program? Well, one plus one equals uh, two or three, right? You know, we all know one plus one equals two, but one plus one really equals three because the synergy and the knowledge of you and I are far more than just our own knowledge that we have. Yeah. So, you know, what happens is, is we're able to combine in the knowledge of things. And you know what? Sometimes that we all read a scripture and, and maybe the word of God is, is God's talking to us about certain things and we have our own filters. So maybe it's a time for us to be able to take those filters and be able to talk about those things and, and really discuss them because this is the kingdom of God. You know, this isn't, this isn't a, a four, four brick walls that, that make up the church. You know, we make up the church. Yeah. So it's important for us to be able to understand that, that we're going to add knowledge to what, who we are every single day. And part of that is, is having, that, having that conversation and having that relationship. Because that's really what this is all about. It's all about relationship. Right. It's not just about having a conversation. It's not a program from A to B or A to Z. It is absolutely about relationship building. And it has to be. Right. Because in a discipleship or mentoring program, time together, you've got to build that relationship because you have trust. True. Uh, you're, you're able to speak. You're able to be a little more vulnerable mm-hmm. because you've built that relationship. A, a good friend of mine always says it this way. Every one of us in the room is smarter than any one of us in the room. Mm-hmm. So in other words, all of us together, we can accomplish so much more. I can learn so much more from you. I can gain knowledge and understanding from you, and you can gain from me, and you can gain from him, and he can gain from you, and you can gain from him, and all across the room, every one of us, we build upon this. We enhance our knowledge. Number four, spiritual growth. 88% of you said, I'm not satisfied. So guess what? This one's self-explanatory. In a mentoring discipleship, in E1-to-one, I don't know if we need to add anything more to this. Spiritual growth is vital. Well, I, what, what I saw was a confession of that. Okay, <laughs> uh, I'm not there yet. Right. How do I get there? Right. That's the next question. So. Right. And we're, we're going to get to that in just a yep. moment. Number five, <laughs> fulfillment of our God-given freedom and spiritual walk. Fulfillment of our God-given freedom and our spiritual walk. And that's, that's the journey that we all are on. Mm-hmm. Uh, understanding, you know, what our walk with Christ looks like, but not just with our, you know, we always say, you know, we want to be Jesus with skin on, and that's really, that's really what that's about. Yeah. It's about us having the ability to be able to influence others, and I know some of you in your workplaces, you're, you're like, well, I really can't do that at work, but yeah, you can. Just be you. Right. Be who Christ made you. That's, that's the point. Yeah. A couple weeks ago on a Wednesday night, I shared um, where a lot of Christians are stuck in Romans chapter 7, and we fail to get to Romans chapter 8. Sure. Romans chapter 7, Paul is talking, he says, you know, you've, many of you have read the scripture, you know, I do the things that I know that I shouldn't do, and the things that I know that I should do, I don't do, and I, I continue to do the wrong thing. You, you remember this section of scripture? Mm-hmm. And we're stuck there, and we condemn ourselves there, and we fall short over and over. We keep going, why do I keep messing up? But we forget that if we simply go a few verses later into Romans 8, he says, now there is therefore no condemnation to those that belong mm-hmm. to Christ. In other words, we have this crossover from this stuck life of, of the struggle of life moving into the freedom of the spiritual walk in Christ. This program is going to help you to get free from that old life. Number six greater impact on the world around us what does that look like well the 
all of us have all of us need to understand our, that our, that our place the small details in life um you know and, and i keep thinking of the, the the scripture dealing with the unity in the body mm-hmm. and talking about you know the uh, the different body parts mm-hmm. and uh you know and to think about it is is you know we we all understand that we all have to uh have to work in unison so think about this if you got a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and you've worked laboriously for weeks to put that thing together and there's one piece missing how do you feel frustrated very good so what happens is you have a great opportunity not just by yourself but as a as a collective as a a group to impact not only yourself but also those around you right uh you know we talked about the mission field well the truth is is your mission feels right here yeah uh, you know, you're, you're planted in this place, so, uh, so you know, let God, let God use you where you are. Yeah. I remember being in Okinawa, Japan, and, and I came from Oklahoma City, and, and I remember a pastor there looked at me one day and said, you know, we had a conversation, and, and he was a visiting pastor, and he said, he said Larry, he said, you can't be effective for God if your heart is in, is in Oklahoma City and your, your body is in Okinawa. He said, so wherever you are, be all there. So that's where, that's where God just told me, okay, you're planted here, so guess what? Yeah. If you want to grow, and the alternative growth is, is death, and I don't want to die, <laughs> so I don't want to turn brown. We all have plants that turn brown. Uh, I don't want to be that, right. that way. So, you know, so God, is, God has called you, and you have an opportunity to impact wherever you go. So we're going to fly through this next little Let's section. Who, who is to be involved in a discipleship program? Is it just those that are brand new to faith, they give their life to Christ, and that's the only one that needs to be involved, or who? One to a hundred. You know, the truth of the matter is, is everyone in this room should be involved. You are involved. If you're a Christian and you're fulfilling the the Great Commission, you're already involved. Uh, We're just going to tweak that. You know, we're going to show you some some unique ways to be able to step out of your comfort zone uh, and and make an even greater difference, uh, an intentional difference. Because sometimes what happens is, is we, we unintentionally influence a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's, it's just a matter of stepping out of our comfort zone and being intentional about the way we do things. Let's look at a couple of things here. First off, every believer, you said everyone, 100%, everyone. 1 to right. 100. Right. So if you're 101, you're, you're excused. <laughs> just clarify there. Yeah. That's what Larry said. Yeah. Proverbs exactly. 27, 17 <laughs> says, or as iron sharpens iron, so yeah. one person sharpens another so we need to sharpen have you ever tried to work on a project you've got the axe out maybe some of you ladies i don't know if you you know grab the axe but you're trying to chop down a tree or something and your your axe is dull i had my chainsaw out a while a while back and my chain was dull and i think i was burning through the wood more than i was cutting the wood but if the chain would have been sharp i would have been able to slice through the wood a whole lot faster now, some of us, we go through our Christian life and we're just burning our way through. I mean, it's a struggle. It's a workout. But what would happen if we took the time to sharpen one another? Amen. What would happen if we took the time to invest in one another? Well, pastor, I'm just, I'm just too old. I don't, I, I've already done my thing. It's time for the next generation to do something. Well, let's look what the Bible says. Mm-hmm. Titus chapter 2, verse 34 says, Older women, don't raise your hand. <laughs> older women, likewise, isn't it funny how the older you get, the younger older is? <laughs> I, I look at some of my friends on social media, some of the guys and gals that I grew up with, that I went to high school with, and I think, do I look that old? I don't think I do. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, hmm. nor enslaved in too much wine, teaching what is, say it with me, good, so that they may encourage the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children. Older women are to encourage the younger women. And then it says in Psalm 78, Now that I am old and gray, do not abandon me, O God. Let me proclaim your power to this next generation, your mighty miracles to all who come after me. 
See, no matter how old you are, no matter how seasoned you may be, we all have something that we can offer. Well, pastor, then I'm too young. No. The Bible in 1 Timothy says this, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Young people, you have a responsibility to be an example. Young Timothy here, he could have allowed the older ministers to ramrod him, and he could have sat back and said, you know what, I don't have anything to offer. I'm this, the young pup on the scene. I have nothing to give. But Paul is talking to Timothy. He says, listen up, young man. You have a lot to give. You need to be an example. You need to step up. You need to stand up. You need to go and make an impact. And I would say to you, young person, you have a lot to offer. Those of us that are old and getting grayer. Did I tell you that my baby girl graduated high school yesterday? We would love to hear your wisdom. We would love to see you step up and become what God has called you to be. So let me tell you how you go about getting connected. First off, our life group hosts are going to really help us out with this. And this is new information to some of the life group hosts. But we're going to rely upon you to help make connections within your life group. Why? Because that's the group of people that you're already walking side by side with. We're going to ask you to help us get people plugged into this ministry, to help give us names of people that we can contact it with, or maybe you want to you impact them and just build those relationships. Number two, department leaders, they're going to help us in making connections. So if you're leading a department right now, whether that's a nursery or junior kids or, or e-kids, or maybe you're helping out and you're, you're leading the, um, the greeters at the door or the ushers or whatever you happen to do, I'm going to encourage you, help us get people connected. The staff, we're going to do our best to look for people to get connected. You give your life to Christ, the first thing we're going to talk to you about is getting connected. You're new to Encounter Church, the first thing we're going to do is talk to you about getting connected. I'm going to rely upon Larry. He's going to be scouting you out. He's going to be, well, he's kind of like one of those job headhunters. <laughs> you know, those guys that are looking for the right job, for the right person, for the right place. That's what he's going to do. He's going to look for individuals and he's going to walk up to you and say, man, have you plugged into E1 to 1 yet? So Larry, let me ask you a question, because this is the big question for me, people. How long is this commitment? Is this like something, you know, I sign up for it now, I'm committed to this one person for all eternity. In fact, when we get to heaven, we're going to have apartments right next to one another? Yes. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do want to make sure that we have a, a, a not an not a infinite time, but but you know we're look, we're looking for a one year commitment, right? Um, and and but I really think that if you just do away with understanding that this is not a timeline, mm -hmm. so it because that gives you that open and end. So right. what this really is 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 about developing a relationship with an, with individuals. So it, it it may start off we want a year uh, commitment, uh, but hopefully it's going to be a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, and what I mean by that is is no matter no matter what happens you're developing relationships. And it may be that you mentor more than one. I mean, there's, a, there's great opportunities. A mentor will become a mentor. A mentor E will become a mentor during the process. So that's... Make disciples, make disciples, make disciples. Exactly. Make disciples. Yep. So we're going to do our best to make sure that we team up people. We're going to do personality tests. Some of you are going to understand this, some of you are not. We're going to do disc tests. We're going to discover what makes you tick and we're going to try to put people together that have the same mindset. Uh, if you get into this mentoring program and it's not a great fit, we'll help make some adjustments. So we'll walk through you with that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 13, remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. In other words, we have one person leading and another person following. Jesus himself he said, if you want to be my disciple, what do you need to do? Deny yourself, take up your cross, and what? Follow me. Right. So just as Jesus set the example 
of what it means to be a mentor, we likewise, if you want to be a mentor, need to lead the way, but lead the way that represents Christ. The mentee or mentoree, that person will then follow the example of the one that is mentoring them. We've got to learn from one another. We've got to be example to one another. We've got to be willing to make the needed changes. Now remember, discipleship can be somewhat messy. And Pastor Andy, if we can have somebody come to the keyboard, it can be a, a little bit messy because you're going to be vulnerable to one another. But it's vital, it's necessary, and an honest command, honestly, it's a, a commandment according to God's word. Go and make disciples. I want to look at a graph real quick, a, a graphic real quick. Modern discipleship versus Jesus discipleship. Larry, talk about this. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a very interesting uh, concept. You know, if you look on the left, it talks about modern day. It talks about attending. It talks about getting connected. But the outcomes, the goal, I mean, we're, 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 just, we're just dripping. We're that IV. We're on, we're on life support. But, but Jesus' model is, is that we come in and we, we outpour to the world. I mean, think about that. If we could turn our funnels upside down yeah. and truly engage, think of the impact that you're going to make. You know, we start, you know, even in this graph, it starts off with three. By the time, by the time we, we are pouring out to the world, we're, we're 500 plus. And that's done by one person mentoring another one person sharing and loving into the life of someone else and i think that's what this this ministry is really all about is about being able to share of ourselves uh sharing our 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 our, our celebrations selling our 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 bad days good days uh, but most of the mostly it's about just being willing to step out of our own comfort zone and be able to share who we are uh, and you know what? None of us are perfect. And some of you out there may be saying, well, you know, this isn't for me because, you know, I am far from perfect and I would never be a good mentor. But you're wrong. Right. And the reason is, is because yeah. God put you in a place where you're at today and he wants you to share. And, you know, we'll, we'll, all, we'll all gain from it. We all will gain. The, the mentor and the mentoree are going to be uh, both empowered by by this relationship as long as this relationship stays centered on Christ so that's that's the that's the influence George Barna in the book Grow, Growing True Disciples once said this discipleship matters it matters because Jesus modeled it and commanded it folks that's what this is all about this is taking oh, the word of God seriously right? right I mean we all believe that that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever, what? Believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We all believe that for God so loved the world that, that if we will believe in him, if we'll give our life to him, that he'll change us. We believe that, that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So why don't we believe it when he says, go and make disciples? Well, that's just a good idea. Yeah. It's a good idea that we need to implement. If we want to become who God has called us to be, we need to begin to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. I'm going to ask you to take out your phone one more time. Chandler, if you can put this QR code up for me. Here's what I want you to do. If you are interested in either being a mentor or mentoring somebody, click on this QR code. Go to the screen, and there's a place you put your name, your phone number. You tell us if you're interested in being a mentor or a mentoree. Now, here's the deal. This does not commit you. This just gives us an opportunity to give you a call and say, hey, let's talk about this a little bit. What does that look like in your life? We want to process with you. So if you can take some time real quick, and then we're going to wrap up this service. We're going to close in prayer. If you can take a moment, click, uh, click on that, go to the jot form, fill that out. It's very, very simple. 
Fill that out and we will get you plugged in. Again, we're looking for 50 to 70% of this body of believers that will walk side by side with us. Let's pray. God, I pray right now for every person in this room. Lord, help us. Lord, help us to fulfill your great commission. Lord, not only to tell them of what you have done, not only to share with them, God, the price that you paid so they can have life, but Lord, to walk side by side with them to make disciples. Lord, I pray that you'll bless this endeavor. Lord, help us today. Lord, there are those in the room right now, I believe, that have built up walls. Lord, and right now they're sitting here and they're arguing inside their mind, I don't need to do this. Lord, would you soften us? Lord, help us to grab a hold of your hearts. Lord, to make disciples. I want to ask a question real quick. If you're here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. I know this wasn't a salvation message, but I need to ask you. You're here. You haven't given your life to Christ. We We just quoted it. God loves you enough that he sent Jesus to die to forgive you of your sins. You're here today. You say, I need to give my life to Christ. If that's you, would you raise your hand? I want to pray with you today. With that, I believe that we've all given ourselves to him. I want to encourage you. I'm going to to close with one more prayer, but I want to encourage you, if you haven't filled out this form, fill it out. Be involved. Get plugged in. God, bless this congregation. Lord, help us not to leave this information in our seats as we leave today. But Lord, help us to step up and be who you've called us to be. Give us boldness to rise to be the mentor you want us to be. Give us courage and willingness to be the mentoree that you desire us to be. Lord, so that we can see our spiritual journey with you begin to rise. Lord, 88% of people in this room made this statement. My spiritual walk isn't where it needs to be. Lord, help us. Help us see that change. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.